0: 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We're going to explore some of the discussions surrounding the reason for the mitzvah of matzah, and primarily we'll focus on a famous question of the Abarbanel. In brief, the Haggadah says that the reason for eating matzah is because when the Jews left Egypt, they were rushed out of Egypt so quickly as the Torah tells that they didn't even have time for the bread to rise, and they ended up making matzah that night. So the Abar Benel asked a very powerful question, which is that if you look in the Torah in Shmos chapter Yud Bez, the Jews had already been commanded to make matzah that night before the entire story of their being rushed out ever happened. So how can we say the whole reason for matzah is because they were rushed out when anyways the plan was and Hashem had commanded them that night to cook matzah. But in order to really get into the Abar Benel's question and Even more to understand his answers, we need to explore two background issues in the whole story that the Torah tells that the Jews were rushed out of Egypt and therefore they made matzah. Uh, First of all, when did they cook the matzahs? And the second of all, why did they make matzah that night? Was it because they were rushed out or was it because there's a mitzvah? And as we'll see in the next few minutes, both of these issues are hotly debated by the commentators on the Torah. So let's begin with the first issue. When did they cook the matzahs? So the Torah at the end of chapter Yudbez in Shmos tells us that the Jews traveled from Ramses to the city of Sukkos. There were 600,000 men in addition to the women and the children. And in addition, there were all sorts of Erev Rav, locals who joined them and sheep And cattle, so there was a huge group that traveled from Ramses to Sukkos, and that will become significant later. And then the Torah tells us in Pasuk 39, They cooked the dough that they had brought with them from Egypt, and they made matzahs because it had not yet become chametz. Because they were evicted from Egypt so quickly that they didn't have any time to wait and to cook bread. Meaning the dough didn't have time to rise and they didn't even have time to pack some provisions for the road. That's how the Torah tells the story. So the simple reading of this is that they cooked their dough, which became matzahs, when they got to Sukkot. So at that point they had left Egypt. Now they had a moment to calm down and relax And there they put up their ovens and they cooked the dough and it was still matzah. So what the Torah is trying to tell us is that this whole process of traveling out of Egypt to Sukkos and then stopping there and setting up the ovens, all of that happened quickly enough that the bread had not risen. In other words, it was such a rushed evening and everything happened so quickly that the dough hadn't even risen by the time this huge group of people and flocks and everyone showed up in sukos. And this is the way the Ibn Ezra and the Ramban in one of his approaches explains it. Now there is another approach to when the bread was cooked and that is in the Targum Yonasan ben Uziel, which is quoted on the side of many Chumashim. And he often quotes Midrashim. So he Here he quotes a tradition that um lahon me humta the matzahs were cooked from the heat of the sun as they were traveling. So they didn't get to Sukkos and set up ovens the way the Ibn Ezra tells the story, but rather as they were walking, the sun was so hot, it was beating down on the bags which had the dough in it and they cooked that way and that's how they became matzahs. And the Ramban also mentions the possibility that they cooked it on the road. He doesn't say that this idea that the sun baked it but he just says that maybe they took a few minutes break and they cooked the bread on the road. So those are the two options, and we'll see why this becomes very significant. Either they cooked it once they got to their destination outside of Egypt, and then they set up some ovens and cooked it, or they cooked it on the way. Either they took some moments out to cook it, or the sun baked it while they were walking. Now let's go to the issue of why they made matzah that night. So what's clear is that in the Torah and the beginning of Perak Yud they are commanded to eat matzahs that night along with the Karban Pesach. So it was not a last-minute decision, but they had to have matzahs that night. Now, the Pasach that we just read seems to imply something different. It says, Ki gorshu mi Mitzrayim, That they had matzah because they were evicted from Mitzrayim and they didn't have time for the bread to rise. So, how do you make sense of these two different explanations for why they had matzah that night? So Rashi on Pasuk Lamed Daled explains that the reason the Jews had matzah was because lishos kedei the Egyptians didn't allow them to wait for their bread to rise. So he seems to accept the simple reading of the Pasuk in Lamed Tess, that it was because they didn't have time to have regular bread. That's how they ended up with matzah. The Ramban, though, in Pasuk Test disagrees with Rashi, and he says that the reason they had matzah was sheofu oso mitzvah. They cooked matzahs because of the mitzvah. So we have a debate between Rashi and the Ramban as to why they had matzah that night. Was it practically... Or was it because they were fulfilling the mitzvah that Hashem had given them? Now, each of these commentators still has to answer the question on their approach. So according to the Ramban, why does the Torah say that they made matzah ki gurshu mi because they were thrown out of Egypt that's not why they made matzah. It was because of the mitzvah of matzah. So the Ramban explains that the phrase is not explaining why they had matzah. It's explaining why they cooked it in Sukkos as opposed to cooking it back in Egypt where they were living. So the reason the Torah says that they cooked it in another place was because they were evicted from Egypt. But the reason why they cooked it as matzah and didn't wait for it to rise had nothing to do with being rushed out. But that was their original plan anyways to make matzah because of the mitzvah that Hashem had given them. Now what about according to Rashi who says that they were trying to cook bread but they didn't have enough time what about the mitzvah that Hashem had given them? So the commentators on the Ramban and there's a nice discussion in the commentary Hadri Kodesh, they point out that the Ran in his commentary on the riff in Pesachim Daf Kuftes Zion, so he explains what Rashi's view would be and this is based on a Gmar in Pesachim and which differentiates that even though regular Pesach is seven days Days long, The first Pesach that they kept in Mitzrayim was only one day long. So it was only going to be a 24-hour period that they had to eat matzah and they were prohibited from eating chametz. So that's why, says Duran, they were cooking bread for the next day. Once the nighttime came, they were going to be permitted to eat chametz, so it made sense to be trying to cook bread as provisions for their journey. And this also reflects another difference between that first Pesach versus the Pesach we keep, because we would not be allowed to cook bread on the last day of Pesach for that night, because we have a prohibition of Bal roi. you're not allowed to own chametz either. So the Ron argues that that prohibition did not apply in that first Pesach. So therefore, they were allowed to be cooking bread on the night of Pesach for the next night when it would be allowed to be eaten. So according to the Ron there were actually two distinctions, not only how long it went on for, it only went on for 24 hours, not seven days like our Pesach. But in addition to that, you were allowed to own and cook chametz over that first Pesach even though nowadays we're not allowed to do that. So according to the Ran and Rashi's approach, we would say that they already had matzahs they had prepared for that night. So that's why they didn't need to cook more matzah. They were trying to cook bread to be used the next night But because they got kicked out so quickly, they weren't able to have the bread rise and they ended up with matzah. So those are the two major views as to why they cooked matzah that night. Now, the commentators have some questions on Rashi's approach, especially the way the Ron explains it. So one lingering question, according to Rashi, I think, is when they got to Sukkos and they were able to breathe and take a few moments to cook the bread... Why didn't they let it rise at that point? What was the rush to cook it immediately? If they were trying to make bread, they could have made bread at that point. So perhaps, I'm just speculating, they were still rushed at that point, even though they had enough time to cook the bread, but they didn't know when they would be on the move again, and they didn't know if they had enough time for it to rise. So that may be why they cooked it so quickly. It's also possible that Rashi would hold like the Targum that the dough got cooked as they were walking; the sun baked it, so that's why it ended up matzahs. But had they been able to choose, they would have let it rise. But the question that the Mfarshim are bothered by, and the Taz wrote a book on Chumash called Divrei David. He raises this issue, and the Tzlach in Psachim Kuftaz Zain Zayin from the Noda of Yehuda also discusses this. They questioned the Rans' theory that there was no Balier Ra'e in that first Pesach, and that's why they were allowed to cook bread even though they were prohibited from eating bread at that time. And they question this because the Gemara, when it differentiates between the first Pesach and all subsequent Pesachs, only says that the difference is in how long it is. That first year it was one day, and subsequent years it's seven days. But it never says that there was a difference, that there was no prohibition of bal yerai that you could own and cook chametz that first year. So the clear implication is that that was not one of the differences. And just like it's prohibited nowadays to own chametz on Pesach, so the first year it also would have been prohibited. And the Ramban in his explanation also seems to imply that there was an iser of bal yerai that first year, because that's why. They were so careful to make matzah out of this dough. They didn't turn it into bread and then just make a new batch of matzahs because cooking bread on pesach would have violated baley raya so because of this the taz disagrees with this whole idea of the ran that there was no baley raya that first pesach and they were cooking bread the first pesach to eat when it was over and in addition he questions the ramban's theory that they were cooking it because of the mitzvah of matzah because he says in the haggadah it says that the reason we eat matzah nowadays is because our ancestors didn't have enough time for their bread to rise, and so they ended up with matzah. So we commemorate that by eating matzah. That's the famous reason that everybody knows. So that seems to contradict the Ramban's idea that they were planning on making matzah that night, just they planned on making it in Egypt, and they ended up making it in Sukkot, so that was the big rush, but not the fact that they had matzahs to begin with. So in order to make sense of this, the Taz suggests a different approach, which is similar to the Ran- but even more extreme, and he says that there was a misunderstanding. This is based on a discussion in the Gemara, but his conclusion is that there was a misunderstanding that Moshe and the Jewish people thought that the first Pesach was not even a full 24-hour period. It only was that night, but as soon as the sun rose in the morning, they were able to eat chametz. So that's why Hashem had to coordinate this whole situation where the Jews had to run out and they had no time to make bread because then they would have violated the mitzvah and eaten bread that day. So Hashem had to force them to run out and then they only had matzahs. And once they saw what had happened, then they corrected their mistake and they realized that Hashem had actually meant that it was prohibited to eat chametz the night and the day. Meaning the day follows the night like we do nowadays on the Jewish calendar. So therefore they corrected their mistake and they only ate matzah that whole day. So according to the Taz, it was a little bit of a complicated story because of this misunderstanding originally that was then corrected because they were rushed out of Egypt. But the benefit of this approach is that then there's no debate between Rashi and the Ramban. Rashi is saying that they were rushed out and that's why they ended up with matzah, which is true. They were planning on making bread for the day, but then they got rushed out. And the Ramban is saying that it was a mitzvah to eat matzah, which is also true because once they corrected their mistake then they realized that they should be eating matzah that day and that their cooking of the matzah had been part of the overall mitzvah. So there isn't a debate between Rashi and the Ramban. They're both discussing different aspects of what happened. Now, interestingly enough, the Tzlach and the Malbim also, in his commentary on Shmos and Perak Yud Pasuk Lamed Dalet, both use this approach of the Taz. They weren't aware of the Taz, but they develop it even further. And they say that it was actually not a mistake. It was true that that first Pesach only applied the night. But by the time the morning came around, they were allowed to eat chametz. And this is based on the idea that when it comes to kudshim, to sacrifices, it's not that the day follows the night like ordinarily on the Jewish calendar, but the night follows the day. So since this was involved with the Karban Pesach, the night followed the day and it was the day of the 14th and then the night of the 15th, which were prohibited in chametz. But as soon as the sun rose on the 15th, they were allowed to eat chametz. And the Malbim also adds that before the Torah was given, the night followed the day. So either way, it was true that the prohibition of chametz that first year only applied that night. And that's why it makes sense that the Jews were cooking bread for their trip because as soon as morning came, they were going to be able to eat morning. So these achronim, the Taz and the Divrei David, the Nod and the Tzlach and the Malbim, all of them are suggesting a similar idea that even if they don't accept the Ron's idea that there was no bal that first year, But it was very different. Either there was a confusion or it was actually true. But the Pesach prohibitions that year ended on the morning of the 15th. And that's why the Jews were going to be cooking bread then. But it didn't work out and they got rushed out of Egypt. And that's why they ended up with matzah again but they had made a batch of matzah for the night before in keeping with the mitzvah which they had been given. So those are two of the main approaches in the Rishonim as to why they ended up with matzah that night, and we've seen some of the discussion in the Achronim around this issue. Now, having established where and why they cooked their matzahs, let's get into the Abarbanel's question. The Haggadah towards the end of Magid has a discussion of three of the mitzvahs, Pesach, Matzah, moror and the reasons why we keep these. So the Haggadah says, "Matzuzshanu ochlam al shum ma, why do we eat this matzah?" And the Haggadah answers very famously, "Because the dough that the Jews had in Egypt did not have time to rise until they were redeemed," and it quotes the pasuk that we've been discussing. So the Abarbanel asks, "How could you say that the reason for the mitzvah of matzah is because the dough didn't have time to rise," when as we've been discussing throughout There was a mitzvah to be eating matzah that was given to them before this whole story happened. The first year of Pesach, there was already a mitzvah to eat the Karban Pesach with the matzah. So how could the reason for the matzah come after the actual mitzvah of the matzah was already given? So the Barbanel offers three approaches to answer this, and I want to go through them and connect them with the background information we went through before. The first approach is in a number of Rishonim other than the Abar Benel. It's also quoted in the name of the Tosfo Surid. Uh, this is in the Reim's commentary on Rashi, in Shmos, Perak Beis, Pasuk Dalid, and also in the Haggadah of Torah Schaim with a lot of Rishonim, They have a commentary called the Ridd, which quotes it, and the Shimbali HaLeket quotes it from the Ridd, and also the Abu Draham quotes this approach. So a number of Rishonim take this approach, and that is that Hashem knows the future. So when he commanded them to take matzah that first year, it was in anticipation of what was going to happen. So there is no contradiction between the idea that the matzah is because they didn't have time for it to rise and the idea that Hashem had commanded it before that event happened, because Hashem knows the future. Now, if we try to connect this approach with the debate between Rashi and the Ramban, why they cooked matzah that night in Mitzrayim, was it because practically the bread didn't rise, so they ended up with matzah, or because they intentionally were trying to cook matzah? So it seems on the surface that this approach would only work according to Rashi, and that's the way the Reim presents it, that this is a solution within Rashi's view, that they were unable to cook bread in Mitzrayim, even though they were trying to, and that's why for all time we commemorate that event and the swiftness with which they were redeemed by eating matzahs. And in anticipation of that commemoration, Hashem had already commanded them to cook matzahs before that event happened. But according to the Ramban, that the whole reason why they cooked matzahs that night was because of the mitzvah that Hashem had given them. So then to say that Hashem gave them the mitzvah in anticipation of that night is totally circular. There was no reason to be commemorating the matzahs of that night when it was a choice that the Jewish people did to fulfill the mitzvah that they had been given. Now, what's interesting about this is that when the Abarbanel offers this answer, he very clearly says that he's offering it within the view of the Ramban that that night they cooked matzahs in order to fulfill the mitzvah that they had been given. And the way the Abarbanel is able to fit this idea into the Ramban without it being circular, that they... ...cooked the matzahs in anticipation of their making matzahs... ...which was only because they had been commanded to make matzahs... ...so that Barbanel gets around this and he says that the emphasis is on something a little bit different. Not just that they were redeemed swiftly, but that a miracle happened... ...and they were able to fulfill the mitzvah of matzah. Because if you think about it, you had a huge amount of people... 100s of thousands of people, if not millions, who were traveling... And they should have moved so slowly that by the time they got to Sukkos, their bread had already risen. And somehow they got there and they were able to cook it without it having become chametz. So either Hashem prevented it from becoming chametz that whole time, which is a great miracle that in all those hours of travel, it didn't become chametz. Or, and Rashi quotes this on the Pasuk there, there was a different miracle, which is that God moved them quickly. He did kfitz has and they went very quickly, and what should have taken many, many hours to travel just took a few minutes. So in order to commemorate that miracle, that they were able to fulfill the mitzvah of matzah that night, we continue to eat matzah. So the emphasis, according to the Abarbanel, is not simply that they left so quickly that they were unable to have chametz that night, because that's not true according to the Ramban. They could have had chametz, they just wanted to make matzah to fulfill the mitzvah, but the fact that they were able to keep the mitzvah of matzah that night with all of the traveling going on was itself a great miracle, and that's what the Torah wants us to commemorate. And with regard to the issue of where they cooked it, so obviously the Abarbanel's approach would have to assume that they cooked it when they got to Sukkos and settled down a little bit, because if it was cooked on the way, then there would be no great miracle that they ended up with matzah. So basically we have two different formulations of this first approach. One is the Rids, which works in Rashi, which is that Hashem commanded them to eat matzah in anticipation of this event which was going to happen that they would have to leave Egypt so quickly that their bread wouldn't rise. So what we're remembering is how quickly the redemption from Egypt happened. And the second approach is the Abarbanel's formulation of it which works with the Ramban's idea that Hashem commanded them to eat matzah and that is why they were cooking matzah. And we're not commemorating that they ended up with matzah, because that would be circular, but we're commemorating that they were able to eat matzah and fulfill the mitzvah they had been given, even though they had traveled such a great distance. So that was a great mirror. Now, it's worth noting that there seems to be some confusion about this in the writings of one of the towering Ahronim, the Maharal, in his Sefer Gur Aryeh, on the comment of Rashi on Shmos, Parak Yudbe'ez, Pasuk Lamid Dalid. And he repeats this again in the same Sefer, Gur Aryeh in Dvarim Tes Zayin, Pasuk Gimel, and also in his Sefer, Gvuras Hashem, in Perak Nun Aleph. So he quotes this approach that Hashem commanded them to eat matzah in anticipation of the events that were going to occur in the name of the Ramban, which is problematic because we don't have this in our editions of the Ramban. But even more problematically is that he clearly quotes it in the context of Rashi's approach that they were unable to cook bread. And this directly contradicts the Ramban's idea that they were intending to cook the matzah in order to fulfill the mitzvah. So this is a big problem, and he doesn't use the Abarbanel's formulation that it's in order to commemorate the miracle that they were able to make matzah that night and to fulfill the mitzvah. But the formulation he uses is the Rids formulation that the matzah was given to commemorate that they would end up with matzah even though they were trying to make bread. So that really does not fit in with the Ramban's whole approach. And he quotes this in the name of the Ramban. So Rabbi Hartman, in his amazing edition of the Maharal from Chon Yerushalayim, already points out in the footnotes that it's unclear how the Maharal fits all this together. Now, the Abarbanel's formulation of the first answer leads him to his second answer, and they're very similar. They're almost more of a 1A and a 1B type of answers, more than two separate answers. The second approach of the Abarbanel is that this was a tactic of Hashem in order to make sure that everyone would be aware of what a great miracle was happening, because his concern was that here you had hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, and you had a huge amount of animals and they should by the laws of nature have traveled very slowly but Hashem knew he was going to do a great miracle and they were going to go quickly and in a few minutes they would get from Ramses to Sukkos but he was worried nobody would notice so he in advance commanded them to make matzah so that way that whole time they were traveling everyone was so worried that that their dough was rising and they were gonna have bread instead of matzah. And as soon as they got to Sukkos, they pulled out the dough and to their shock, they saw that it hadn't risen. And that way they were able to track the great miracle that had happened that all these people and this whole nation had traveled a far distance in just a few minutes. So this was a very clever way that Hashem had to make sure that they all became aware of the miracle of how fast they traveled, which as we saw in the first approach, is the main commemoration of the matzah for the Abarbanel. And this way they had an actual physical object by which they could measure their speed of traveling before you had watches or speedometers or any way to count how quickly you're going. So Hashem created what we would call the first speedometer, which was the dough that when they saw that it hadn't risen yet, they were able to see how quickly they must have traveled. So this approach builds on the key points of the Abarbanel's first approach, which are that they cooked the matzah because it was a mitzvah, and that they cooked it when they got to where they were going or when they had some time to settle down and relax for a few moments, and that what we're commemorating is not the speed with which they left Egypt, but the speed with which they traveled miraculously out of Egypt into a place where they could take a few minutes to cook their matzah. So the commemoration is the miracle that enabled them to do that first mitzvah of matzah that year. And the way the Abarbanel formulates it, it only works in the Ramban's idea that they were cooking matzah because of the mitzvah they had been given. That's why it was very much on their minds and this dough functioned as a speedometer to measure how quickly they were traveling, because according to Rashi, that it was just haphazardly they ended up with matzah when they were trying to cook bread, so it wouldn't have been on their minds as much whether or not the bread had leavened. Now, obviously, it's possible to say this approach even in Rashi, that they might not have been thinking about it, but when they arrived there and they saw that it hadn't risen, so then they realized that a miracle must have happened and they must have traveled incredibly fast. So that's the Abarbanel's first and second approaches, and as we saw, they're very similar to each other. The third approach the Abarbanel has is a totally different one, and he prefers this one. And he explains that Rabban Gamliel was bothered by a contradiction. On the one hand, the Torah describes the matzah as lechem oni, poor man's bread, so it's a symbol of slavery. It's what we ate when we were slaves in Egypt. On the other hand, the Torah describes the matzah is because we left Egypt so quickly that we didn't have time for the dough to rise. So in that case, it's a symbol of freedom. So Robin Gamliel was bothered by this. Is the matzah like the maror? It's a symbol of slavery because it's poor man's bread. Or is it like the Karban Pesach? It's a symbol of freedom. It's one of the objects that we used while we were leaving Egypt and becoming free in the miraculous events of Yetzias Mitzrayim. So in order to answer that question, Rabbi Gamliel said we have to differentiate between the first Pesach and subsequent Pesachs. The first Pesach, the matzah was a symbol of slavery. They were commanded to eat matzah that night because it's what they had eaten as slaves. So it was in the maror category. But that night, they then tried to cook bread and they had to run quickly and they were unable to make bread and they ended up with matzah again. So the matzah was transformed at that point from a symbol of slavery into a symbol of freedom. And now we eat it on subsequent Pesachs from the second Pesach and on up until our times because it's a symbol of freedom. It's in the carbon Pesach and the four cups category of objects which symbolize our freedom. And the Abarbanel continues, he says, that's the deeper meaning of the question in the Haggadah. Matzah Ochlem Al the matzah that we eat, why do we eat it? Because it's differentiating between the carbon pesach, which we just discussed, and the carbon pesach is always the same. The first pesach and all subsequent pesachs, it's always a symbol of freedom. But the matzah, the Haggadah is saying, why do we eat matzah? And the answer is it's different than that first Pesach when they ate it as a symbol of slavery. We eat it, though, as a symbol of freedom because it was transformed that night from a symbol of slavery into a symbol of freedom because the Jews had to leave so quickly. So from now on, the matzah is associated with the swiftness of their departure and their freedom from... So this is a very nice approach of the Abarbanel to make sense of why they were commanded to eat matzah before they had to leave Egypt. And the idea that matzah has both a symbol of slavery as well as it's symbolic of freedom is very interesting. And the idea that the matzah was transformed from a symbol of slavery into a symbol of freedom is even more intriguing. And finally, his suggestion that the Haggadah is asking why do we eat matzah, emphasizing why we eat it as opposed to why it was commanded the first time, is also a very interesting suggestion. And it's worth pointing out that even though the barbanel holds like the Ramban, that they cooked the matzahs that first night because it was a mitzvah, but this approach would also fit in Rashi's idea that they just ended up with matzahs even though they were intending to make bread. So the barbanel's approach is very creative and it offers a lot of insight into the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim and the reasoning for the matzah. And it's also an original way to read the question of the Haggadah, that it's stressing the matzah that we eat, what's the reason for it, as opposed to the matzah they ate that first year. Now there's a very good commentary on the Haggadah from Rabbi Eliezer Ashkenazi called Mase Hashem, and there's a beautiful new edition of this published in the last few years, and it's based very much on the Abarbanel's Haggadah. So he discusses this whole issue, and he poses a question on the Abarbanel's third approach, which is, how could you say that the question of matzah zusha anu ochlem is specific to the matzah that we eat as opposed to the matzah of the first year when in the very next passage regarding the maror, the Haggadah uses the exact same phrase, maror zusha anu ochlim, Al Shum Ma, why do we eat Maror? So according to the Abar Benel, there would be some distinction between the first year and the subsequent Marors, which is certainly not true. The Maror always symbolizes the slavery. So Rebel Eliezer Ashkenazi suggests that we could use the Abarbanel's approach, but adapt it a little bit. And his suggestion is, he raises the point... Why is there a difference between the prohibition against eating chametz, which goes on all seven days of Pesach, versus the active mitzvah to eat matzah, which is only the first night? Because the rest of Pesach, if someone doesn't want to eat any bread or matzah, they can eat other foods, fruits and vegetables and meats. They don't have to specifically eat matzah. They just have to avoid chametz. As opposed to the first night, where they can't just choose to eat fruits and vegetables, but they have to actively eat matzah. So he wants to understand why does the obligation to eat matzah and the prohibition against chametz go on for different units of time. So he suggests that this is because each of these aspects of the mitzvah represents a different component of matzah. The prohibition against chametz is because matzah is a symbol of slavery. So therefore the entire week of Pesach up until the Jews were actually freed at Krias Yamsuf, the sea only split on the seventh day. So that whole week they weren't fully freed and therefore it would be inappropriate to be eating lechem ashirim, rich man's bread, until the Jews were fully freed. So that's why there's a prohibition of chametz in keeping with the symbolism of matzah as lechem oni, as poor man's bread, as a symbol of slavery. So the whole week we have to avoid eating chamitz. But we don't have to actively eat matzah. But then on that first Pesach, when they were rushed out of Egypt and their dough couldn't rise, so then the matzah, in addition to being a symbol of slavery, also became a symbol of freedom. And that's why there's an additional obligation that we must eat matzah on the first night. So the two components of matzah as a symbol of freedom and a symbol of slavery explain the distinction between how long the mitzvah of matzah versus the prohibition of chametz go on. The mitzvah of matzah, which represents the matzah as freedom, is only that first night when they had to rush out. But the prohibition against eating chametz, which is based on the fact that matzah is a slavery food, so you don't have to eat the matzah, but you just have to avoid the opposite of that, which is rich man's bread. So that goes on all seven days until they were fully freed from Egypt at the splitting of the sea. And now, based on this, Rebel Eliezer Ashkenazi explains what the Haggadah is doing it's saying matzah zu shah nu the matzah that we eat tonight. What is that based on? In other words, not why do we avoid chametz all seven days, which is based on lechem oni, that it's poor man's bread, but why do we have a specific mitzvah to eat matzah tonight? And on that, Rabban Gamliel answers because it's the symbol of freedom because they were rushed out of Egypt. And according to that approach, it resolves the issue because the question of the maror would be the same. Why are we obligated to eat maror tonight? So they're both consistent. So Rabbi Eliezer Ashkenazi's approach is based on the overall model of the Abarbanel, but he adapts it in a different direction. And his conclusion is that the prohibition against chametz is parallel to the symbolism of matzah as lechem oni, as a symbol of slavery. And the mitzvah, matzah, on the first night, is parallel to the matzah as a symbol of freedom, and it comes from the story where their bread couldn't rise. Now, it's interesting to note that the marsha in Pesachim on Kuftes Zion says the same basic idea as Rebbe Eliezer Ashkenazi, but the exact opposite. So he starts off with a question, which is, if the matzah on the Seder night is because their bread wasn't able to rise. So that story happened after midnight, the first Pesach. So why isn't the mitzvah of eating matzah specifically after midnight if we're trying to commemorate that first Pesach when they ended up with matzah instead of bread? Why don't we parallel it and eat it only after midnight? But we don't find any halacha like that. We eat the matzah earlier with the carbon Pesach. So because of this question, he doesn't think that the matzah on the Seder night is because of that first Pesach when it couldn't rise. So he suggests the exact opposite idea of Rabbi Eliezer Ashkenazi, that The reason we don't eat chametz the rest of Pesach, all seven days, is because of that story where the Jews were rushed out of Egypt and their bread didn't have time to rise. But the reason we eat matzah on the first night is because of a whole different idea. And the Marsha has a long Kabbalistic development of this idea, which is way above my pay grade. And it's interesting because the Marsha is such a great commentator on the Gemara and Rashi and Tosvos and a great Lamdan, but apparently he was also a very knowledgeable Kabbalist because there's a lot of Kabbalistic ideas in this piece. But the basic idea that he comes out with is that matzah on the Seder night is an indication of our attempts to come closer to Hashem and to be infused with more kedusha, And that's why we eat the matzah that night, unrelated to the story in Egypt where the Bread wasn't able to rise, and that's why it doesn't matter if we eat it before chatzos or not, because it's not parallel to that story. The prohibition against eating chametz all seven days was what came out of that original story, that their bread couldn't rise. So according to the marsha's approach, when the Haggadah asks why do we eat matzah, it's not asking about the matzah at the Seder, but it's asking why don't we eat chametz and we have the option to eat matzah the rest of the seven days? And on that it answers because they were rushed out and their bread couldn't rise. And the Marsha points out that according to his Kabbalistic approach, so you could answer the Abarbanel's question very simply, why did Hashem command them to eat matzah in Egypt before they were rushed out and ended up with matzah? So the answer is because of all these Kabbalistic ideas that the matzah is so important to coming closer to Hashem. So that's why they were originally commanded it. And then that first year when they got rushed out and couldn't make bread, so from then on we're prohibited to eat chametz all seven days to remember that. So this is a very nice idea from the Marsha and worth keeping in mind as we eat the matzah at the Seder that there's tremendous Kabbalistic power in the matzah to bring us closer to Hashem. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal.